The Chicago Bears are tied for first place in the NFC North after what was really a wild Sunday for all four teams in the division. And we're left kind of struggling to figure out which of these teams are actually good and which of these teams are actually bad. And what did we even learn about these teams in a, in a week one that's pretty wild? We're going to check in on the rest of the division and see how the Bears stack up. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today and hopefully every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. On the show today, we're going to be joined by Carmen Vitali from Fox Sports. She's also a contributor for CHGO, and you can hear her on the SIC podcast with Adam Rank every Tuesday as well. And she's going to help us break down not only this Bears team, who she covers and who's closest to her heart, but also what happened with the Packers and the Vikings, whether that Packers loss should have us feeling more confident about the Bears heading into week two, whether that Vikings win means the Vikings are actually pretty darn good or whether it was kind of some false hope for them and they'll fall back to earth. And also with these Lions, ended up crawling back to make it a close one against the Eagles. So are the Lions improving? Are they the same old Lions? We'll kind of check in on what we learned about all four of these NFC North teams. And there's no one more qualified to help us break that down than a friend of the podcast, Carmi Vitali. Let's jump in right now. All right, we're here now with Carmen Vitali. She does all sorts of things, covering the NFC North now for Fox Sports. She's a contributor for CHGO, and you can hear her every Tuesday night live on the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank. I mean, she's just she's been a guest on this podcast before. She knows her bear, she knows her football, and I'm happy to have her on with us again to to catch up on just a weird week one, Carmen. I want to I want to start there. Thanks for coming on with us. What was your Sunday like watching these? NFC North teams and really I guess the league as a whole was kind of just weird yeah it was topsy-turvy for sure because I was at a bar and I was watching all the because I that was where I could watch all the TVs right yeah um and I wanted to kind of get a little sampling of everything while paying most of my attention to Bears 49ers Lions Eagles and then of course uh Vikings Packers but it was I mean across the board it was just wild like and I think <laughs> all week ones are though because you don't have tape on your opponent you're just guessing there was a lot of changeover this year as far as new head coaches, new, new, you know, even new systems, new schemes, all that kind of stuff. So it made for kind of a wacky week one league wide and the NFC North was no exception. Yeah. I think the bears and that the rain and the whole soldier field environment really was the top of the cake on that one. Other teams had weird things happening yeah. just with teams being good and bad, but the bears and 49ers were the one that really had the most like extenuating circumstances. I mean, when you, when you see a game like that, what do you feel like we can take away from that Bears win? And what do you feel like you know just you can't you can't read too much into just because of how extreme the the actual conditions were? Well, I think that there's kind of this narrative going around like, oh, the weather it was bear weather, so it helped. No. 
both teams are playing through that. And that the, the field, I kept saying it. Like, at first, I was kind of laughing at it. But I was like, you know, I think it was, was it Javon Kinlaw that went down? Yes. And I was like, this is terrifying, actually. <laughs> like, I am so scared that someone is going to get hurt very drastically because I mean like they are just they're literally wading through the field and also I'm like please let nothing come down to like inches or you know like spots or whatever because like these lines are just it looked like I think someone I heard someone describe it as like a Picasso painting and that's exactly what it looked like everything was just melting off and it was outrageous it was I was like this shouldn't be playable um they should have postponed the game or done something but I mean then the range is picked up as the game went on but I do think that, like, there's stuff that you can take. I think the defense is a little bit safer for evaluation. I don't know. It, it is hard to evaluate just where this Bears team is. Um, but, I mean, they found a way, and I think there's something to be said for that kind of resiliency. And, they, I mean, it was a convincing win, and by the end, you know, you're up, you're up a couple scores. So um, I, 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 I'm cautiously optimistic as I've been – going into this season I don't think that like I was really necessarily like overly encouraged but I was definitely not disappointed it's Bears win they're one and all yeah we certainly won't have to deal with that type of rainstorms at the future domed Arlington Heights Stadium that's for sure. <laughs> but, but like that was the best like argument for the Bears moving to Arlington Heights and I think you know, I even said it too I was like Chicago is really doing themselves no favors uh, if they want the Bears to stay at Soldier Field because the, the turf isn't figured out. It was only laid down a couple of days before the game, and this is what happens. I'm like, yeah, go go build a dome. Yeah, the, the football gods and the weather the weather gods were not uh, in the city of Chicago's favor there. But but like you mentioned, like you know, you you're, you obviously have to be encouraged by a win like that. Like, where were you most encouraged about what you saw of this Bears team? And I guess with that, where were you least encouraged about what came out of that game? Yeah, I mean, the first half, too, especially was it was it looked like more of the same, right, that we saw last year, where their entire offensive strategy just seemed like to pray and hope that Justin Fields does Justin Fields things. <laughs> and that was like any sort like the offense had absolutely no rhythm. I mean, you're pulling Tevin Jenkins and putting Lucas Patrick in at guard. You're still trying to figure out the offensive line on the fly. That was super discouraging at first. I was like, you know, I, you want your best five out there, but how do you not know who your best five is yet? And I get that Lucas Patrick had the injury and stuff like that. I don't love moving these guys, you know, around in their spots and stuff like that. Me too. Um, so I was I was really discouraged that first half. But then the adjustments came. There were adjustments. And you weren't. it wasn't necessarily even the cast of characters that we thought it was going to be. Like, I've been preaching that I think Cole Komet's going to have a really big season. I still think that. But he wasn't really a factor in this game. And you guys, you got, you got guys like Dante Pettis coming up big. And you're, you're kind of like, you're getting your receiver, like your depth receivers, like Darnell Mooney was good, but like, didn't do much either. So it was like, you're, you weren't leaning exactly on who you thought the Bears were going to lean on, but they found a way anyway. Uh, and that was the most encouraging part to me. And I really loved the adjustments they made. There's again, something to be said for in game adjustments, which is something that Chicago didn't really get to see uh, the last couple of years. I think that that was a big knock on them. And, and, and Matt Nagy was that you just didn't know how to adjust in game. And that doesn't seem to be the case with Matty Replus. And, and I like and the defense, good lord, those rookies, man. Dominique <laughs> Robinson, Jaquan Brisker. Oh, I was just yeah. Even Kyler Gordon, he had a he had a couple, he took his lumps a little bit. Um, but I'm still really encouraged, especially like how physical that inside spot, that slot corner spot is. Uh, but Jaquan Brisker, man, just and like you can tell Eddie Jackson loves playing with him. They're like elevating the play of like the guys around them. Roquan Smith is flying around. I just the defense I was very encouraged about.
As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. You add your job and you can add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it super easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? I'm on LinkedIn. You might be on LinkedIn too. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We're talking with Kyron Vitali from Fox Sports, the NFC North reporter. She's also a contributor for CHGO and appears regularly on the SICK podcast with Adam Rank. Kyron, I want to turn now to the Packers-Vikings game because I, I think for a lot of Bears fans, like obviously they, you enjoy the win more, but that really felt like something fun to be able to watch. Like It's so nice when the Packers are in a separate time window and you can just sort of sit and watch and enjoy that game. I mean, yes, the Vikings win, so you don't get the pure sort of like divisional bliss, but <laughs> it's something there. Sure. But, but like, I don't think any of us really expected what was going to happen in that game. I, I guess, first of all, for, for the Bears fans that didn't get to sit through and, and enjoy that contest, what, what happened there? Like, Why did the Green Bay Packers struggle so mightily? I mean, I think and this is probably to, to the chagrin of Bears fans, like the Packers are still going to be a playoff team. There were some very tangible reasons why that didn't go their way. I mean, you've got the young receivers. Uh, I don't know that I love Aaron Rodgers' attitude about bringing receivers along. I think he was asked if he would rather have like 10 Randall Cobbs or 10 like new guys to grow and develop and whatever. And he was like, nah, I'd take 10 Randall Cobbs all day. And I'm like, it's not the best attitude to have. And his body language wasn't the best. But at the same time, yes, these guys are young. You have Christian Watts on the first game of the or first play of the game, drop that beautiful wide open pass. You have to make that, but you also have to think like he's going to eventually catch that. These receivers are eventually going to get on the same page with Aaron Rodgers. They were mis- missing both of their tackles in Elton Jenkins and in David Bakhtiari, who are not back yet. Uh, you also didn't have Al Lazard in the receiving game, and like. So there was very tangible reasons why this didn't go their way. And like the Minnesota defense, I think, put a lot of people on notice. We were talking a lot about this Minnesota offense for good reason under Kevin O'Connell. But like the Minnesota defense, especially now led by Zadarius Smith, like if you don't think Zadarius Smith is telling them exactly how to beat the Packers, he is. That's how this works. You get these guys, especially from a division team, they are going to have your entire playbook and it hasn't changed that much. So you're going to be able to kind of pick apart these like a a Packers offense because you have a spy essentially. And especially because it's the first week of the season, right? But the Packers are going to get healthier. That line is going to be fortified. Rogers is going to have more time to throw. You could tell that he was just not comfortable because he was taking way too long to get the ball out. And I think it was because he was expecting, or he's used to having a line that protects long enough for him to get the ball out in that time window. Clearly that wasn't the case this time with the young guys and it won't be the case going forward. So while I'm very, like, I was very impressed by, I don't want to take anything away from Minnesota because they looked fantastic. Um, the Green Bay Packers are going to be fine. 
And okay. they might have a, a bounce back here in week two against, you know, Chicago. Yeah, they, they certainly have that ter- that historic trend now from last year doing the same thing, losing to the Saints bad in week one right. and coming back just fine in week two. But like what, like heading into this game, I, there's so many Packers fans raving about what they were expecting from that defense. You know, that secondary yeah. especially is supposed to be the real strength. And, you yeah. know, the, they've got some good pass rushers up there too. And yet Justin Jefferson goes off all over them. We knew Justin Jefferson was great, but we didn't know. We didn't think it would be like that that bad i mean are are the vikings like legitimately better than we thought or do they just benefit from some of these types of team-wide lapses of green bay i think it's a little bit of both and i and i look to all right what kevin o'connell did in la and obviously he's giving justin jefferson like cooper cup treatment but the way that you you can't play when you look back at the rams you can't play the rams in man coverage a kevin o'connell offense you just can't play man essentially and that's what the Packers were thinking. They were like, listen, we know that the man has not been successful. I think Justin Jefferson, even himself, um, had like Cooper Cup hat was really good against man coverage. And then Justin Jefferson himself was also really good against man coverage uh, last year. And so you think, all right, well, we can't play man. So you're going to play zone. Well, guess what? Justin Jefferson took advantage of that. Kevin O'Connell probably knew that was coming. Um, it's this glorious chess match that I just love so much about football in thinking, all right, this is probably how they're going to play us. And that's what you saw. I mean, you saw the pre-snap motion from Justin Jefferson getting him into these other zones that the Packers weren't expecting expecting him to cross into. He's one of the best route runners in the league, and he can give you the same look and the, even the same release every time and then go and do something completely different. And that's exactly what he did. Uh, there was a lot of post-snap you know, adjustments from Justin Jefferson and what Kevin O'Connell was doing, the window dressing that they put – on this offense, it's the same personnel. I think they ran like almost 70%. They were in 11 personnel 70% of the time. Um, they're putting the same guys out there. So you're kind of expecting the same thing, but then they're doing something completely different. And it's, it, it is, it's a credit to that motion. It's a credit to those shifts that that offense is so good. And like, give it to the Vikings though, because that is a new system. And they are, that was their first game in this system. And they executed it to perfection. I mean, mostly to perfection. I won't say perfection, maybe sure. not. But... Um, when when you have a plan for them that you think is going to work, you got to kind of sell out on that plan, and that's what the Packers did, and it just didn't go their way because they, I mean, there was no way to know that they were also that Justin Jefferson is also very good against zone, and that that's what they, the Minnesota Vikings were probably expecting. Do the Vikings have more than that though? Like, do, what do they do well besides? I mean, like, it's easy. I mean, it's not easy to win any game, but like when Justin Jefferson has 160 yards or whatever, it's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And we know Dalvin Cook can can kind of run the ball, but like you mentioned, Zadarius Smith having a good game and kind of knowing what the Packers were going to do. Like, it, I, I don't know. Are we in for one of these seasons where, uh, like, once again, are we going to be able to tell whether the Vikings are good or not, or are they just going to have these weird sort of like beat good teams and lose to bad teams and just kind of be this amorphous? team in the nfc north that week in and week out we don't know what we're going to get yeah i i I mean i don't think there's any way to really know the answer to that question but (laughs) at the same time i'm very encouraged by the fact again like i said they have this system down already um and i think that they're just a really complete team you look at this roster i I think that there's places that you know are left to be desired especially when it goes you know to comes to depth rather um but like Again, they have this two-dimensional offense that, like, yeah, if you're not having success with Justin Jefferson, which it looks like you're going to because look at what Cooper Cup was able to do again in Los Angeles. Teams planned for him, and he was still open somehow. Um, but, you, I mean, like, you've got Adam Thielen to draw some attention away. You've got the tight ends. You've got Dalvin Cook. You've got a really good offense that you can just do a lot of different things with. 
Um, so I think that that's going to be, and the, especially because it's a smart offense, and that's what Kevin O'Connell is also really good at. That Shanahan kind of offense is just really smart, and it's complex, uh, but also very simple because the concepts are all the same. But again, it's that window dressing. So I don't know. I mean, and they all seem to just kind of have come together, and that defense is a lot better than I thought. I think we thought. Yeah. So uh, these Vikings. I mean, I actually. I did my Super Bowl picks for uh, Fox Sports last week, and they had all of us writers do uh, a Super Bowl picks, and I actually picked the Chargers and the Vikings to end up in the Super Bowl. I did it to make people's faces melt, but now I'm like, mm, was I onto something there? I might have been onto something. <laughs> yeah, when you look at their schedule, it's like okay, they they got a chance. Like if they're actually good, or if they're if they're you know better than we think they are, they can get on a little a little hot streak to start this season and, and really go in some some real directions there. This episode of Locked On Bears is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online, the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and information all season long. Not only betting on this Bears team, the spread, they're nine point underdogs against the Green Bay Packers. There's a money line with some big money that you could win on betting on the Bears upset straight up. And of course, the over under as well. Some in game prop bets coming out as the week goes on, but not just football, not just Bears football, college football. NBA, when that season comes back around, you've got futures odds already for that. Baseball season in the thick of things. Soccer, hockey, tennis, boxing, golf, esports, you name it, they've got it at Bet Online. Don't forget live in game betting as well if you want to really make your Sundays that much more exciting. It's, it's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the different trends and action you need to know. Bet Online, where the game starts it's gonna be fun to watch those vikings teams and i guess both the bears and the vikings new head coaches starting off week one with with a win there you got the lions with second year head coach a lions team that feels like it's it's like in it did what the bears did during this year last year in in terms of their turnover and, and they're trying to turn their roster over now they're sort of supposed to be a step ahead or a year ahead of where the bears are in this process. I don't know. Do you, do you feel like they're, they're taking a step forward even in, it ended up being a three point loss, but they were down by what, like 17 at a few different points in that game. I mean, is that a, is that more of a, they, they got some garbage time backdoor cover type scores, or did you feel like they were really in that fighting hard to the end and and scaring the Eagles when it came down to the end? I mean, I think the Eagles did let up a little bit in that second half, especially. And, you know, you get a lead on the Lions and then you think, oh, well, it's the Lions. So, like, we can relax. Yeah. Um, whether that was even a conscious thing from the coaches or whether that was just kind of the players, you know, doing that themselves. Uh, but they did. They gave them a scare and they came within three points. And also, that was a really high scoring game. I think the, it was over 70 points between the two teams. And so, I don't know. Like, I don't think the Lions are going to be the Lions this year. I think that they are taking that step forward. And, I mean, we got a really good glimpse at them and the team chemistry and stuff, at least, that they have on Hard Knocks. I think, I like, again, with the editing and all that kind of stuff that HBO does, you can't necessarily, uh, you know, take anything as far as, like, their schemes and everything like that from that. That's very much by design. But you can see that this team is coming together, and the chemistry is very important. And I think Dan Campbell is a, like his players love to play for him and his coaches love to coach for him and he's got all these former players. And so I just think it's a really good um, like core and nucleus. And now they're getting to build upon that, right? Because they last year was the first year. Now they're bringing their guys in in the draft and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, again, they've got, I mean, Jared Goff is, is Jared Goff and we know exactly what he is. Uh, he seems really comfortable with like TJ Hawkinson though. Like TJ Hawkinson had a couple really good catches. Um, and 
I, like you've got, I, I wanted to see more from the receivers, but then you've got that run game to lean on. And I think that that's exactly what I think I tweeted that even I'm like, the Lions are doing exactly what they need to be doing, which is leaning on that run game and that fantastic offensive line. I mean, I want to say like their offensive line is one of the three best in the league, if not, you know, the best. So when they're healthy and all that other stuff. So I know that they have some health issues right now, but I mean, they showed it. And, and I think that that can go a long way. And we'll see about this defense. You, you really need to see a lot of stuff from that back level, Jeff Okuda, all those guys. But I don't like, I'm not predicting like playoffs for the Lions, but like I had them um, in my predictions for the NFC North. I had them with a better record than the Bears. So yeah. I'm going to say that really quietly and I'm going to duck. <laughs> I was, I was going to ask you about that. It's like, I, it was like, I can't tell if the Eagles are actually any good. I mean, they put up 38 points, but the Lions defense was struggling. So, like, I don't know if it's impressive that the Lions held them close or if the Eagles are a team that a better Lions, like if the Lions are going to be better, should they beat teams like the Eagles or are the Eagles actually pretty good? And it was impressive that the Lions were able to climb back against them. I mean, it's it just feels like we're such a weird spot for so many of these different teams. And I guess, I don't, I don't know, I guess the defensive concerns stand out when they give up what, 24 points in the second quarter. I mean, is, is that, I don't know, is that something that you think is, is a signaling of a real problem or is that, you know, just Jalen hurts providing some different threats that not every team is going to provide. I mean, the Eagles of course had a lot of success with AJ Brown too. I mean, they revamped that offense. I don't don't know. Where do you get a sense of like progress concern levels for, for the lions here? Is this, I mean, is this, is that loss better? I mean, is, or are, are we looking at, still closer to the same old lines and where does that stack up with confidence you gain in the bears in a win yeah like how much of a moral victory is this for the lions and i'm like yeah. I, there are no moral victories in the nfl right but i do think i mean i picked the eagles and this was before like everything happened with dak and the cowboys i picked the eagles to win the nfc east i think that they're going to be a really good team this year and again they're very complete they also have i really just love nick sirianni and what he is able to do with his offense, especially. You saw it last season where the Eagles got off to a really rocky start, but halfway through the season, I mean, they overhauled that entire thing. And they made an offense that was tailored to Jalen Hurts and his skill set. And it worked the last half of the season. And now they have that experience. They're all coming back. And I, I like, I think Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback. Like, do I don't think he's a world beater. I don't think he's Patrick Mahomes. But I do think that he's a serviceable quarterback, and that's more than a lot of teams in the league can say, especially given his skill set and his athletic ability and all that kind of stuff. And he's just going to be more comfortable in Sirianni's offense now. So I think, the, I think the Eagles are a really good team. And that's why I was even more encouraged for the Lions, uh, because I think that they held it close. And the thing was, like, they just never went away. Like, there were multiple times, right? We, we t- you talked about it before, where they were down a couple of scores, and they clawed their way back every single time. And that's not super easy to do. I know like now the Eagles are going to be missing Derek Barnett, which is a big loss, I think, for that defense. But that being said, I still think that they're a very, very good team. And the Lions, if there's a moral victory to be taken, can take it from that game. Last thing before we let you go here, you, you know, you you mentioned intentionally sort of quietly under your breath that you, you're still expecting the Packers to likely get the win on Sunday against yeah. the Bears. But if... So, so that aside, I mean, I agree. Like the Packers, they're nine point nine point favorites or whatever it is. Like, yes, that's probably likely going to happen. But if the Bears were to beat the Green Bay Packers, what will that look like? What would it take? What what kind of circumstances need to happen for the Bears to do that against the, the Packers the same way they sort of weren't expected to against the 49ers? I mean, they're going to have to take what the defense gives them with, with Green Bay. And I think that there's still obviously some question marks on that defense as they figure things out. 
Um, but they're going to come into this angry. And I think Jair Alexander is going to be one of those people that's going to come into this very angry. Yeah. Um, and he even talked about how like he would, he wanted, he was pleading with his coaches to shadow Justin Jefferson last game. Um, and the coaches, obviously we saw it was a zone scheme. It was a zone coverage game. Uh, they ran a lot more zone than they did man coverage. And so that wasn't really an opportunity that was given to Jair Alexander. It'll be interesting to see how they like, they want to play the bears offense. Um, and what that even looks like. But yeah, I mean, if the Bears want to pull this off, I think it's more of the wearing these guys down, like death by a thousand cuts, kind of that kind of that. That is what beats the the Shanahan offensive tree, which Matt LaFleur is a part, is a part of. Um, it's the death by a thousand cuts. It's just, you just have to keep going. And, and I And honestly, if the Bears are able to execute something like that, that is going to, whether or not they win, that will be a victory for this offense. Um, because it's a show that Justin Fields has the patience for that, has the time to get through his reads from his offensive line, um, has the run support to, uh, from his backs in the field, in, in the backfield, like that will be very encouraging. And I think that that is the key, uh, whether or not they can do it, it'll be interesting. But again, this defense too, is going to have to, they're going to have to get to Aaron Rodgers. I and mean, we saw what happened with the Vikings four sacks and that really r- rattled Rodgers. He didn't have time. We'll see if he's got his tackles back this week. Uh, I'd imagine at least one we'll be back um but we'll see uh, you're gonna that's that's it just pressure up front control that line of scrimmage and and just offensively just keep with them stick with them yeah you know it's, it's funny it doesn't sound that hard when you say it out loud and then you get on the field against Aaron Rodgers and it's much much easier it's hard done but it's hard yeah well great Carmen appreciate you so much joining us to break down the Bears and the NFC North tell everybody a little bit more about where they can find the rest of your Bears and NFC North coverage yeah, so um, all of my articles are on foxsports.com, and I, they're all about the NFC North, and I will be at the Bears-Packers game in Lambeau this Sunday, so I'm super excited about that. But uh, I will be doing stuff for CHGO as well here locally in Chicago. Uh, we're doing a Thursday night show, me and Mark Carmen actually. It's Carmen Carm. Nice. We are, we're having a or having a car off. Uh, and then, yeah, Tuesday nights, uh, 7.30, yeah, sick podcast with Adam Rank. That's another uh, where I try to keep Adam from, you know, going completely unhinged about the Bears. So, yeah. <laughs> well, Follow I, me at Carmi B on Twitter and Instagram, and that's where you can find all my stuff. I know that, that corralling Adam sometimes can be the hardest task that you do in a, in a work week. So I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate the work that you do and appreciate you joining us on the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me, Lauren. Thanks again to Carmen Vitali from Fox Sports, CHGO, and more for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoyed our conversation, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to the Lockdown Bears podcast or on the Lockdown Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Tomorrow will be our crossover Thursday podcast, but we'll get to know a lot more about these Green Bay Packers and what we need to know about this team heading into that matchup, and then on Friday, we'll put together a game plan for how the Bears can upset the Green Bay Packers and start the season 2-0. We'll go in-depth on the matchups, how these two teams stack up, and what the Bears need to do to attack the Packers' weaknesses and minimize some of those strengths. So make sure you keep coming back for more Locked on Bears. Keep making Locked on Bears your first listen each and every day. And most importantly, keep coming back for that next opportunity to bear down.